everyone, and welcome to the Isn't It Lovely podcast, the podcast where we seek to shine the light on all that is lovely. I am Tracy. And I am Rachel. And we are so excited today to welcome Char Green to the podcast. Char works for South Dakota Urban Indian Health, and one of her greatest passions is community wellness. And we had an awesome conversation with her about that as it relates to the Native community, but also larger Sioux Falls and South Dakota. And we just want to give a shout out to our Chief John Toom for introducing us to Shar. We just had the most wonderful time with her and we cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Shar, on the podcast, we talk a ton about identity and the importance of feeling safe and seen. And these are all super important issues to us. So just to kick us off today, could you just share with us who you are, a little bit about your personal background and just some of the pivotal experiences that have just made you who you are today, just by way of introduction. Yeah. So, um, I guess a lot of my background is kind of stemmed in public health. Um, health disparities research um, is kind of where I come from, my background, um, and did a lot of like evaluation work for tribes and tribal data. Um, and then I also started, I think in 2017, I started doing like community work, different organizing of events. And um, that's where I kind of found my heart, um, being able to pull people together for similar you know reasons um and then i kind of stepped into the um, position as kind of like chair of the sioux falls native american day parade um so i've been the chair since 2019 um yeah and i love that that's kind of it's kind of a lot of people like look at it as like a parade but for us it's so much stems so much deeper than just a parade it's um kind of almost like a movement in Sioux Falls for our Native people and all people, you know, for, for them to learn and, and to be a part of our day, you know. Yeah. And, and people joke like, oh, you know, we're Native every day of the year. And not just as one day matters, right, but this one day that we get to share with other people. Right. Yeah. Can you go into that? What is When is the parade? Yeah, so we have always had it on Native American Day. So it always falls on a Monday, typically. Um, this year it's October 9th. Um, and so uh, we we stand firm in having it on that day. A lot of people are like, oh, well, if you do it on the weekend, you'll get more people. But it's like, well, I, I feel like sometimes I, you're never going to catch everybody. And ours, our day has been firm. So the school district... Um, once they learned about Native American Day and, and the parade, they gave just Native students the day off. <clears throat> and then we kept pushing and pushing, like, no, we're standing firm. We're going to keep this date. Um, and so now all students get that day off. It's not a holiday, but it's a admin day or something like that. So okay. all students are able to attend if, if they choose to. Okay, I love mm, that. Yeah, mm -hmm. wow. We're going to quote you back to yourself because you said before, all are welcome to celebrate and learn about Native American culture. And so it's just like this beautiful, inclusive event. Right. Which is so great. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes people are um, nervous or don't know where to go sometimes when they want to learn when you're non-Native, even when you are a Native person and maybe you just been away or um, a little bit disconnected maybe from your culture. Um, and so... It's just a day to like really gather. Sioux Falls is unique. Um, there's a lot of Native Americans here, but it's really scattered, and we don't have like this hub where where we can go and be like, oh, there's other Native people here. So people move here, and they feel very alone and separated. I think um, because of that reason. Like you go to Rapid City, they have tons of Native organizations. Um, here in Sioux Falls, we have South Dakota Urban Union House and we serve a lot. We step into roles that are kind of outside of our scope sometimes because we are the only Native organization. Um, 
and so the day is just really meant to like celebrate one another and and to feel safe and to be able to ask questions and and to learn that is outstanding okay you mentioned the organization that you work for what exactly do you do for them? Yeah, today? so I'm kind of like the oddball. I feel like, <laughs> you know, we have um, we have our medical team, so we have nurse, nurse practitioners, um, and then we have our behavioral health team. So we have therapists; they're amazing. Um, and then we have our cultural health department, and so they kind of run all, all of our cultural health events: um, beating, sewing, inipi, um, which is a ceremony, kind of like a sweat lodge. Um, and just anything that encompasses, we, we do smudge kits, so um, sage, cedar, sweetgrass, we give that out to community members. Um, and they use that to, you know, to cleanse, to pray, things like that. Um, and so they're amazing. And our team has grown quite a bit, which is awesome to see. Um, and then there's me, <laughs> and I'm the grant, a grant project manager, and so we have a grant department. Um, which is really growing really quickly, actually. So I oversee our um, community opioid intervention um, pilot project. And so with that, I'm really focused on um, building people's awareness of on MAT services, medication-assisted therapy. Um, and that's for people with OUD, so opioid use disorders. Um, so I just did an event last night with med students <clears throat> and... Um, really to like talk about harm reduction and what does that look like um, implementing that into you, your work environments and when you're working with people with addiction and in recovery um, and then I did a Narcan training um, for community and it's re I presented at um, specialty courts I don't know if you guys are familiar with that um, it's um, drug court DUI court veterans court and mental health court so it's a very unique setting where there's a judge who who meets with them on more of like a one-on-one -on -one basis, but in front of people that are chosen to be in this program. So instead of going to jail, they get to go through this program. And it's pretty intense. Like they check in with them every week and um, spend about five minutes with, you, with each person, just checking in with them. How are things going? Um, are you still working? Are you looking for a job? So really that like day-to-day -day, um, activity that makes people, you know, um, kind of keeps them healthy and, and moving along. So it's really cool to see that. Um, and so I partnered with them and I presented at all of those courts. Which by the end of it, I was like, oh, the fourth one, I was like, okay. I said the same <laughs> thing like 20 times. Um, <laughs> you know, but it was amazing because what happened is was half, half the group of the people were like judges, state's attorneys, um, public defenders, and the other half of the room were people who either lost somebody to an overdose um, or personally struggled with addiction themselves. And it was like a room full of people. We had about 50 people there. And so Narcan is naloxone. Narcan's the name brand. Um, and so basically it reverses an um, opioid overdose. And so it can save lives. And so it just became over the counter recently in the last month, which is really cool to see. Um, and so my work is really stemmed from that, like education on opioid misuse and then naloxone. Um, and then the other part of it is a really bigger piece. It's kind of like um, our intervention. And so that's our peer recovery coach programming. And it's brand new. We're building it within our organization. Um, and it's specific with people with opioid use disorders. And so basically it's matching them with a peer who has been through um, addiction and in recovery. Um, 
the requirements for a peer recovery coach is for them to be um, in recovery for at least two years. Um, and so we have an awesome person. She's going through training um, the first week of June, and we're really excited about that because we're a step closer to be able to be being able to launch our program. Um, and so that's kind of the bulk of my work right now um, is really centered around that. Amazing. Mm. Such important work. Yeah. Okay. I want to come back to this because I think this is a really important topic. Mm-hmm. But before we do, can you go back? Where did you grow up, Shar? Did you grow up here in Sioux Falls? Yeah. And where does this heart for community wellness come from? Yeah. So I um, originally am from Montana, um, from the reservation up there. It's called uh, Fort Peck. Um, Assiniboine and Sioux tribes. It's a unique reservation because it's meshed with different bands of native people. Like our reservations here, it's one one tribe, Lakota, Dakota, but mine is Nakota and Dakota that's kind of mixed together. Um, and so I, my family moved here when I was five. And so I, I grew up in Sioux Falls. So I always say Sioux Falls is definitely home for me. Um, and I think just being away from family, it, it was always kind of interesting, like my relationships with people I've, I really value. And um, I think growing up, I had a sister who has um, Rett syndrome. It's a neurological disorder um, where they're, you know, born normal and up until a certain age and then they start having seizures and then it trigger, triggers like different neuro things that happen. So she could walk and talk up until the age of like 10 and then she lost that because it's degenerative. Um, and so I always had that passion to like care, you know, because I had a baby sister. She's not even that. She's 31. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She'll always be your baby sister. Right, yeah. Um, and her name is Regis. And so like a lot of my compassion and empathy came from stems from her, really. Um, and then I when I it was. I never really knew what I wanted to go to school for. Um, I was really fortunate to land an internship. And um, through that internship, um, I was asked to stay on from the um, uh, director of the program. And from that, I learned about public health. And through that, I was like, okay, I don't need to be a nurse. I could do, um, there's definitely like other avenues to go in um, that I feel like isn't talked about enough, you know? and so from that, I, I was able to do like hands on community work and and really like instead of talking about solutions or talking about problems, we were actively doing the work. And I seen that impact on how how programming and intervention really um, and prevention programs really make an impact on people's daily lives like right away. Um, and so I don't know, as Native people, we were like true fillers, I feel like. And. We um, we can we can feel energy. We can connect to people, and because that's how we're meant to be as like humans, you know. And uh, I don't know. From that, I just kind of like, like, you know, you get the feeling, good feelings when you're around other people, and it's very healing. Um, and I learned that from one of my first events that I ever did. And I was like, I love this feeling, mm-hmm. and you know, more people deserve to have that feeling, and. Um, it's unfortunate that it doesn't happen enough. I feel like like those intentional spaces that we create to bring people together. Um, a lot of times I feel like it's like after the fact or um, after something happens, then people get together. And so I try to um, do things that bring people together before or like creates that familiar space on a regular basis, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So did you grow up, Shar, then very connected to your culture? Was that something your parents were very intentional about? Yeah. So 
it's really interesting being like an urban native because that's definitely a thing. <laughs> there's like the urban natives and then there's like people who grew up on the rest. Um, I grew up away from family. And when you grow up away from family, you grow up a little bit away from your culture and a little bit removed. Um, fortunately, um, it wasn't until like my 20s, honestly, when I started doing the work that I started getting more connected to my culture because um, my, my mentor and boss like really promoted that part of like who I was. So I got to travel around the United States, but also in the Great Plains area and, and connecting with other Native people. And from that, I got invited to different Inipis, different ceremonies. Um, and so it was like not until my 20s that I was really introduced to that. And I went to the, those things alone because um, I don't have a big family here. Um, and so it's been a really um, cool thing to see my daughter um, who's 15 to see her path and she could speak. She can, she knows the language, not fluent yet, but, and I'm like, I still am learning a lot. We're, we're learners. We're always learning, but um, to see her like go to ceremonies at a younger age, like her first ceremony was when she was seven. And so she's familiar with those settings, um, those protocols that come with that um, traditional life ways of native people. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until my 20s that I really got connected. And I still feel like, um, like I, again, I'm still learning a lot. Like, you know, when I hear stories, it makes us feel more connected when we're able to experience those different um, traditional life ways, you know, um, being connected with Unchimaka, Mother Earth, you know. Um, and so the more I get to exposure and connect, like go to those things, the more I feel connected. and. It also um, pumps me to like give back, you know, because when you feel connected to yourself and your people and your culture, then you're like, okay, I, I can do this work. I'm ready to go, you know, kind of recenters you. Well, I love that because we had just talked off mic. What is your sort of self care? Because you have this incredible job where you're serving as an educator, you're creating these experiences and opportunities for other people. So I love what you just shared, that it's actually sort of renewing work all the time. It but is. how else are you caring for yeah. yourself when you're constantly pouring out in these incredible ways? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, um, it's definitely the gym. And I know people are like, oh, the gym. But like, <laughs> I don't really do it for like wellness and necessarily like physical wellness. I do it more for my mental health. Um, and when I'm in the gym, it's like the one place I truly disconnect from everything you know I put the phone down and I'm just working out um, I go to coast to coast which is a really cool gym environment um, where they play music and it's a group atmosphere and, it, and it's like hard work but like it's just that moment or one hour where you just like are away from everything and just with these group of people and it was scary at first because I was like always worked out on my own so I'm like oh this is like different but it, so it, many people. Yeah, yeah, so many, so many people. Yeah, especially now they closed their downtown location, so their other location is in T. So it's like twenty people, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's definitely my my place. And then obviously, when our weather's nice, um, going on walks and um, just anywhere. Just I, I love being in nature. So anything that's like that, I've gotten into like paddle boarding and stuff like that. Um, and hiking. So I, I try to go out to the Black Hills um, as frequently as I can during the good summer months and 
good weather. Um, so and, like the two months of good weather. We right. Get. Yeah. It's like full force. I feel like we're just doing it all like kayaking. And <laughs> I feel like we should all just not work during the summer months because it's the one time we can be outside. Yeah. I'm jealous of people who are remote. Yes. Like outside working. Oh gosh. I love it. Okay. You mentioned something and I want to kind of unpack it a little bit that when you came back and started to identify with your culture mm-hmm. and your people. And that didn't happen until your twenties. Mm-hmm. And we, Rachel and I talk so much about identity on this podcast and I'm about to turn 40 this year. And it, I feel like I'm still learning about myself mm-hmm. and what, so in your work, Shar, in your, how you're serving your own community, can you give us an example of what it is like when someone reconnects with their culture? Or like you said, a lot of people are lonely Mm -hmm. and when they find their, you know, when they find their community, what does that look like? So I've just seen people grow and change. We have um, a program called generation red road at urban. Um, And it's, it's similar to like the 12 step program. And so, but it's also some of the topics that you touch on and that you go through it's a lot of reflecting on your own upbringing, um, the things that make you who you are, your past, present, and future kind of stuff. And so I've just seen people go through that program and they're just like, being together feels so good to them that they're less likely to like connect with like their bad behaviors that they used to have. And then they're like, this feels so good. I wanna, I wanna come back, I, wanna, I want more of this, I want more. Um, and so it's just that feeling of being whole like in all areas of your life, like spiritually, mentally, physically, um, emotionally. Um, it, it's really hard to, I, that's like a question. I feel like that's hard to put into work. Yes. You're doing a <laughs> you're great doing job. Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's so interesting what you said of when you identify with who you really are, mm-hmm. you're less likely to go do something that doesn't match you. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's true for all of us. And I always go back to research, but research proves that when you're more connected to your culture, you're less likely to engage in risky behaviors. And it, and wow. it's true. Like when you, when you watch people who go through these, um, I think our program is like 10 weeks or something like that. It's just beautiful to see like that first day, like where they're so enclosed and like inward. And then by the end of it, they're like laughing and they're like sharing and they're crying and they're, you know, hugging each other because they don't want it to end. And so we're kind of in this process of like, how do we continue that? So like they go through this program, but how do we continue to keep that same energy and that hold that same space for for people to be present with each other? Um, and, and I'm talking about our, our groups, but we also have beating and sewing. And so, you know, people connect on that level as well. Um, and then through ceremonies, like I, I seen um, one of my good friends and coworker, um, go from like never never going to a NIPI and now she goes weekly and just like that like renewal of her her spirit every week it, it's really cool to see that um it's it, I don't know it's so hard to put into words amazing you're doing so yeah. great I you're love doing that. so great well and what are some ways that the greater Sioux Falls community who is perhaps non-native can show allyship and support of the native community and be engaged in appropriate ways um, money. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Totally money. We yeah, all need no, to be right, getting money no. to everybody. We all need money. Uh, no. Um, 
I think, you know, um, it was interesting. So we had a, a we have an event coming up and we did the same event last year. It's the National Day of Awareness for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Relatives. Um, and it's nationwide. It's in Canada as well. Um, and so we did the event last year. So the day is May 5th and that, it'll be that day again this year. Um, it, this year it's by the Dream of Arcs, um, by the river, by our downtown location. Um, and so last year we had a... Uh, so many non-native people show up and then i had heard a comment um follow like the week following and they're just like geez there was a lot of non-natives um that was so surprising and i'm like what's well, a good thing because they're like curious and they want to know like what does this mean what does this look like how can i how can i be involved and so i think those are all good things to just show up i think means a lot to like mingle with people and get to know people on a personal level and why is the work meaningful, right? You're able to like hear, hear your stories. You're able to um, ask questions. And um, I think that's like one of the best ways to be an ally is to have full understanding and, and to be present, to show up when, when those events happen um, because they're intended for all people. Like we, we need our allies. And so, yeah, I, just showing up, I think is a big thing. What are some other uh, events or organizations? Is there anything else that our listeners, we can introduce them to that they can give some support to? Yeah, um, I feel like we constantly have different <laughs> events popping up, honestly. So we have like a Facebook page, Instagram, and then our, our website, um, sduih.org. Um, so I would say like follow that. We update our calendar monthly. Um, beginning of the month, we always release our calendar. So we also have a newsletter. Um, and you can sign up for that and have that emailed to you as well. Just things that are happening. We have such a big team and we also have a location in Pierre. So um, that's one of the ways to kind of stay connected is our newsletter. That sounds fantastic. Yes. We will link all of this in the show notes so people can follow along. Okay. That sounds cool. great. In your viewpoint, what are the specific needs that is that is facing the Native American community today? Yeah, I would say... Um, just like having a hub, like a resource, like there's other um, like bigger cities are the closest one is Minneapolis. Like they have um, a program called On Day Young. It's like a, a homeless youth shelter, but it's like a resource of different things that are happening within it. Um, and I feel like in Sioux Falls, we just don't have that. Like obviously a lot of people reach out to Urban because we're one of the few organizations that work directly with Native or have a Native focus. But um we don't have necessarily all the resources because a lot of our money is um, very focused on different projects. And so it's, you know, when it's grant dollars, you're very limited on like how, how flexible you can be with that money. Um, and so I think like having a place where people can just come and drop in, like as native people, it's so important to be connected. I probably say that too much, but it's, no. it's true. Like we, we need that. We have so many relatives that, um, are are coming to Sioux Falls and they just don't know where to go and so then they want they want this life of like I think a lot of people look at Sioux Falls like it's a growing city it has a lot of jobs and opportunities which is true but then when you're coming and you're coming alone that can be very heavy and so just being able to have a, a hub for people other other um, big cities that they're called like American Indian centers or um just like a place to be and to like help our relatives like get their basic needs or kind of be like that advocate or that in-between person, if that makes sense, like helping them, walking with them to 
to get their their daily needs or whatever that might look like. Absolutely. Well, I'm shocked that we don't have one. Yeah, we don't. That's outrageous. And, the, you know, the multicultural center, when it existed in, in the old form, now it's different and has a different focus. But um, even then, it wasn't necessarily serving our native population, um, at least not to the capacity that's needed. Wow. So is this something that's like on the books jar? I mean, can you sort of start like next project for I you mean, or are there, is, are there talks around it? Can we say? There's been talks for quite some time. Like I remember my dad, my dad was like a board member for Urban and worked at Urban when I was a little girl. And like, I remember it being a, a conversation for the last 30 years. And so I'm hoping, you know, kind of with like a lot of so many people are, that understand the need for that. Um, and I know just kind of talking with PD and, and different city leaders, like they know that they need to do something differently. Yeah. Um, and so I think people are open to the idea. And so I think if, you know, we start having more consistent um, conversations around it, more, there will be more of a organized, um, I don't know. Movement like, toward yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. I'm so glad you shared that. And you mentioned PD, so we got to give a shout out to John Toom. He's yes. the reason that we met you. Yeah. And yeah. so we're so thankful to him for giving us your name and introducing us. Yeah. A lot of people are like, I never heard of this podcast. I've been like showing everybody. <laughs> Check this out. Check, Check it out. out. Yes. yes. I was like, I got to do like a headshot because I was like, their pictures are amazing. <laughs> So I like left. yours was beautiful. Yeah, it was yours perfect. was stunning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're like she's gorgeous. Her bio is incredible, yes. and we're just so grateful. Thank you so much for coming on our show today too, and just sharing this with our listeners. And we're so excited to kind of get the word out about some of this and keep these conversations going. It is so important. We could talk to you all day, Sharp, but yeah. we know that we have to let you continue to go and change the world. So we do wrap up every show with a segment called What Are You Loving? And it could be anything. It could be a book, a show, a podcast, a food. We talked about tacos with John Toom uh, when he was on. So oh, what yeah. is something that you are um, loving this week, Shar? I've been kind of like in this weird juicing phase. <gasps> yes. Tell us more. I know that was, bit, that was kind of like a trend a few years back, but like. No, it's okay. You're I got, on trend. I got a juicer yeah. like on like maybe six months ago and I've been like juice it's a lot of work and I kind of got I fall off and fall back in it but I'm like I really like this and so I was in Miami um you know a few weeks ago yes we were very happy for you yeah I <laughs> there was like a storm going on here yeah like two of them right um and so we stopped at in Wynwood which is a really cool um area in Miami it's kind of art and all of that um, a lot of really good foods um, and we stopped at like this little pop-up shop and it was like a, a guy with different juices like fresh made them right there and I was just like oh my gosh like I know we have some similar places like that here but nothing quite like that so I was like man what one day I might need to open up a juice stop yes I've been pricing <laughs> in all the, your spare time yeah sure. I, <laughs> I've been uh, pricing out like those juicers. I'm like, I'm like, yes, 500 bucks. I'm like, we'll see. <laughs> Let's see if I get that serious. We just need some startup capital. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love that. You know what? I've lamented that several times that there's not like a true juice. Right. Place There's here. Smoothie, smoothies, yeah, but like but not, not like fresh, right. organic juice. Yeah. Okay. Who's listening? 
<laughs> oh, we're gonna start it. We're gonna start it. Okay, Rachel, what are you about, living? Oh, did you see how I was like trying to yeah, talk before you? Because I'm like, I don't, I don't remember mine. Quick, Tracy. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. Okay, we just we adopted a new puppy recently, and his name is Bodie. He's a, like the dreamiest. He's so cute. We have Newfoundlands, and so when I say puppy, he's already like a huge dog because mm-hmm. we adopted it. He was like five months old. But anyhow, um, we were told that he was potty trained, but he is definitely not. Oh man! <laughs> so it has been. <laughs> It has been a, a, you know, a spring season for me with all the mud and everything. And then he's, anyhow, all that to say during Amazon prime day, I don't remember what it was. I bought like a spot cleaner, like a upholstery spot cleaner. And I have been using that thing twice a day in the last couple of weeks. And it is a magical machine. So I got the, um, the Hoover clean slate pet spot cleaner and we'll link it for you guys. But honestly, it has been the best thing. John's like, I've never seen you use an appliance more, not super (laughs) domestic. And I was like, I love this thing. I'm cleaning couches. I'm cleaning rugs. I am loving it. So I'm really loving it actually. This makes me so happy. I was about to ask, cause we don't have any pets. We have kids who like spill chocolate milk and stuff in our living room, but really it's not the kids. I've spilled three coffees on my own carpet in the last two days. Like you need this Rachel. Two days. Yeah, you so need really, it. The problem is myself. Right. <laughs> I'm going to send you the link. Please do. Personally. Please send it just as a note. If you buy it from our Isn't It Lovely store too, we get a couple of pennies. So Tracy, yeah. I hope you bought it through our link. I didn't, but that was before we had affiliate links. So okay. I'll let slide. <laughs> we need those pennies. Gosh, darn it. Okay. Rachel, what are you loving? Oh my goodness. Besides okay. money. <laughs> I only want money for the podcast, Tracy, <laughs> so we can continue to thrive. Um, okay, I, my shout out actually, guys, this week is for the, the Ronning Library. Um, I brought my kids there last week during spring break. They just did a couple of renovations in there. And I have a confession. I had a, a tiny bit of a mom fail. I had two of my kids there with me. And the new place where you return your books is kind of around the corner from the kids' areas who can't actually see anybody. And I thought my kids would not care that I had left to go return our 50 books that you can only slide through one at a time. But they, in fact, were concerned when they couldn't see their mother. So they had gone over to my oldest, went over to the front desk and told a librarian that he wasn't sure where I was. And so I come around the corner and here's this darling librarian. She's being so kind. She's like down at eye level with my children. And we had this like beautiful reunion and she was so sweet. Now, one of my children did ask if she could give them a ride home. I do not believe that's in her job description. So she did say she couldn't do that. Why is this so traumatic? I was only gone for two minutes, Um, (laughs) but genuinely, genuinely above and beyond. Every time we've gone in there, that's usually the local branch that we go to and really kind librarians, uh, great setup, great programming, all kinds of fun things that are on the docket for summer. So I just want to shout out our Siouxland Public Libraries. They really are fantastic. Mm -hmm. That branch in particular has been very good to our family. So I love that. Thank you, Siouxland Libraries. Thank you, Running Branch and your kind librarians. Also tell your kids where you're going. Don't just (laughs) disappear around a corner. (laughs) Where is the Ronning branch? Which one is that? Yes. Okay. So it's the one right off of like 49th. It's kind of over <gasps> off of Southeastern. Oh, that is oh, a great one. We don't have an affiliate link for that library, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'll do better next okay. week. I love it. Shar, how can we thank you? This was amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know we made it through some storms to get. Yes. <laughs> through hell or high water. You right. know, we were going to get you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. I appreciate you both. Thanks, Shar. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Isn't It Lovely? If you love what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe by clicking on our show in your favorite podcast app and following the prompts. You can download all of our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. 
You can also find all of our episodes on our website at www.isitnotlovely.com. And we are also on Instagram and our handle is, is it not lovely podcast. Keep looking for the lovely in all things. Thanks for listening.